1: your hosts amy johnson and rick stevens are experienced credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across north america welcome to the press zone well hello friends and welcome to this week's episode of the press zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media, and of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, November 8th, hard to believe that uh, we're already a week into November. The year is just flying by. Uh, and so today we've got uh, some great some Great things to talk about. We've got some interesting things to talk about. Uh, we're able to take a look at the body of work for the Laval Rocket uh, for the month of October, and and where are they shaping up after a month uh, into the regular season. So uh, glad that you're here with us today. If this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host of the show and also the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com. Uh, I will uh, be joined here in a bit In the studio by the one and only Patrick Williams, uh, friendly, uh, kind of colloquially dubbed in uh, around these parts by our editor-in-chief Rick Stevens as the AHL guru. Uh, He's going to join me in the second segment for the AHL hot stove where we are going to talk a bit uh, more and we're going to kind of get his perspective on what we've seen from the Laval Rocket so far as well as uh, talk about some uh, things going on around the league Talk about this week's AHL Player of the Week, who happens to be a guy who just got done uh, having a pretty darn good week against this very same Laval Rocket, uh, helping him get to that AHL Player of the Week. So you won't want to miss that. Got lots to talk about there. Uh, first and foremost, before we go any further, if you're whether you're a longtime listener or a new listener, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, I very much encourage you and welcome you and invite you to do that right now. It takes just a second. Just take a look down at whatever uh, platform you're listening to the podcast on right now. Whether it's on our website itself, there's a there's a subscribe button right there in the player on on the article post. If you're listening to this on AHLReport.com, or if you're listening in iTunes or Spotify, Apple Music. Google Podcast, whatever it is, just hit that subscribe button. We don't ever want you to miss a minute as we keep an eye on things happening in the La- in Laval and what's going on with Habs prospects uh, down on the farm. So last week uh, we saw that the Laval Rocket had three games. They were finishing up the back half of their home uh, six game homestand, and they had two games against the Toronto Marlies. That's the first time in the regular season that they'd be facing off against their division rival, uh, the, the Toronto Marlies. And then, uh, on Saturday afternoon an afternoon matinee, uh, for the first and only visit this season for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms to travel north of the border and visit the Laval rocket, uh, coming off of the week prior, as we discussed last week, it was a pretty dismal start to the homestand for the Laval rocket, uh, things not necessarily, uh, going according to plan. And so this was a way, uh, this, this second half of the homestand would be, uh, a really important way for Jean-Francois Oul and, and his, uh, his roster to kind of write the ship a little bit and, and, get things, uh, back, back on track, quite honestly. So they opened things up last Wednesday night with their first of their two games against the Toronto Marlies. Um, and, John Francois all last year, you know last year there were a couple of things that were um kind of consistent for for Ohl and his coaching staff a uh, the, the the defense core didn't change very much last year he had a very experienced uh group of blue liners uh he didn't change around pairings very much once he found the combination uh that worked he stuck with it um and so that didn't change very much. There weren't a lot of injuries. There weren't a lot of call-ups in terms of, of the back end. So he had a pretty stable, uh, very tough-to-get-through veteran defensive core last year. Uh, that is the exact opposite case this year. While, yes, now that he's come back down from the Montreal Canadiens, he does have Corey uh, on on the top pairing with Justin Barron. Um, and occasionally Tori Dello is getting into the lineup as well. But for the most part, the bulk of the back end for John francois Uhl are young prospects. You know, we've got Madison Bowie. Well, We see, as I said, uh, Justin Barron is down, Matthias Norlander. Um, and Otto Leskinen isn't a defense isn't a isn't a veteran, uh, but Otto Leskinen is also still a, a younger player, uh, a very good defensive player um, who is also developing his game as well. The other thing that didn't happen a whole lot last year, uh, there weren't a ton of call ups last year as well. The despite the fact that the Canadians had done pretty horribly last year, they they were mostly healthy healthy compared to some of the years that we've seen in the past. Uh, there just wasn't, you know, in the AHL, you can expect a ton of roster turnover game in and game out, whether it's injuries from the AHL team that have to be filled or it's injuries or just call-ups that the NHL club makes, there's usually a lot of roster turnover. So Jean-Francois Ul didn't have a whole heck of a lot of that last year. And it came in kind of bits and spurts here and there, but he had a pretty stable roster. And as I said, a pretty solid uh, back end that didn't change very much. And so... We're seeing a bit of different things here this year. As I said, the 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 defense is quite a bit younger, quite a bit less experienced, and so, uh, and that's fine. That's 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 what the AHL team is there to do: is to is to teach young prospects at any um, position how to how to improve their game and how to get more NHL ready. Um, so there is that, but also the injury bug has already bitten. Uh, the Laval rocket a bit. And so this past week we saw first and foremost, Alex Belzeal went out uh, with, uh, with it, with an upper body injury uh, considered day to day. He was ho- They were hopeful and questionable as to whether or not he would return for the weekend games that actually ended up not happening. Alex Belzeal was out for all three games this past week. Uh, and then later in the week, uh, it turned out that Nate Schnarr um, as well as William Trudeau, uh, both out indefinitely with lower body injuries. So already, uh, Jean-Francois will having to, uh, you know, plug some other guys who had been healthy scratches into the lineup uh, to to fill in those injury gaps. And on this first game uh, last Wednesday against Toronto, uh, it's, you know, the Rockets, when they're at home particularly, they're not afraid to shoot. They they had 46 shots on goal on this night against uh, Petrozelli and uh, things started nice and evenly. Uh, they finished the first period uh, with a goal on each side of the ice, um, but then it was really in the second period that things fell apart. There were six goals scored in the second period. Unfortunately, four of them were courtesy of the Toronto Marlies, and um, you know there were there were two empty net goals in the third period, which didn't help things either. So, so Laval ended up losing uh, that that particular game. So not the start for the week that uh, that uh, Ull and his coaching staff or the team would have liked to have seen. Uh, so they had a chance on Friday to to redeem themselves, Toronto back in the building again, uh, and had a chance to 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 kind of get a little retribution for that game on Wednesday night. Uh Primo in net once more. Uh this time it was Ferguson in net for Toronto, who ha- was only one and two on the season. Um and the Rocket did manage to score in the first period again. However the Marlies scored twice in the first period. Uh Yese I should I should mention Yese Ullinen has been lighting the lamp and yese I hands down if and when there comes a time to have a forward be called up to the NHL, uh, my vote, my money would be on Yesa Ullinen to be the first call-up uh, for the forward core for uh, the the Montreal Canadiens. He, of course, we know he was he was could have been in line to contend for for a roster spot out of training camp. That didn't happen, uh, but he has had some very strong play. Uh, he has been producing offensively, uh, has, has had a, a handful of goals, but more importantly, he's very engaged on, on any play when he's on the ice, a very solid defensive player as well. So, uh, have been re- very, you know, very impressed with yes, it his progress and, and upward trajectory has continued. He's kind of picked it right up where he left off last year. And that's, and that's very good to see, um, this one this one was at least close. Uh the Rocket actually ended up scoring two goals in the third period to tie the game. Uh, Xavier Simino scoring on a very late power play goal uh in the third period to force overtime, but you know, we've talked about how Penalties have been a consistent issue this season, starting all the way back in the preseason for the Laval Rocket. And it continues to be an issue. Uh, And it continues to bite them in the bum every time, almost every time they find themselves in the penalty box. And they find themselves in the penalty box at very inopportune times, at times where penalties are considered bad penalties to take as far as timing in the game. Uh, They took a penalty. Uh, in overtime and it took just a handful of seconds for Toronto to capitalize on that on the the, the four on three power play. Uh, Toronto made quick work of that and uh, made uh, certainly made Laval pay for for that mistake uh, and ended up coming out with the win once again. So back to back losses, although Laval did manage to eke out a point out of this game, uh, still put them down with another loss uh, that meant Primo winless on the week. Um, Primo, I should mention Caden Primo's performance in these two games, and quite frankly, the season uh, so far. I don't know what's going on with Caden Primo, but he does not look confident. Uh, Caden Primo now is 2-3-2 and two on the season, so essentially 2-5 on the season uh, so far. Um, and... What I really feel is happening a little bit, you know, everyone lauded, uh, myself included, our our team included, lauded his performance in the postseason last year. After uh, people tend to to focus more on on the fact that the Rocket went all the way to the end to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final on kind of on the back of Caden Primo because he played all but the very first game of the playoffs, um, and he played pretty darn well he had some highlight reel games he had some some moments where he stood on his head and and stood up to the pressure and so people tend to focus on that and kind of tend to forget that prior to that during the regular season I mean we know in the NHL during the regular season he was abysmal we know that but even during the regular season in the AHL he was just average uh he wasn't lights out he wasn't terrible he was just average which is okay Uh, But you want the guy who is kind of supposed to be the next big goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens to be more than average in the AHL. He needs to dominate at this level. Um, And his start so far this year, he has not looked good on most occasions so far this regular season uh he let in some very soft goals this past week i mean goals that he could see from the point from a mile away that just went right through him um and, and just not always knowing where the puck is uh some some rebound control uh issues and i don't know if it's simply that caden primo after the run in the playoffs last year expected to steal away the back up position from Sam Montembeau out of camp, and 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 so his maybe his confidence isn't there, or if it's simply that where Caden Primo at is at in his development as a goaltender has actually been a little bit more exposed now that he doesn't have that really solid experienced veteran decor in front of him this year like he did last year. Um, and that perhaps the reason he was allowed to look as good as he did last year was maybe uh, attributed a bit to the strength of the defensemen who were playing in front of him. Um, it's too early to tell which which it is, whether it's just a confidence thing that he just can't seem to get his footing yet this year, or if perhaps uh, this is this is shining with a change in the defense this year, it's shining a bit of a different light on where Caden Primo's at in his development, whatever it is, we'll continue to examine and examine it, but whatever it is, Caden Primo has not looked strong uh, yet this season, which is, which is a little uh, disappointing to see. Um, so the the Laval Rocket two losses we should mention Logan Shaw uh, with a hat trick on this night. Uh he was the one with the game-winning power play goal in overtime, which completed his hat trick. It was his second power play goal of the night. Um, oddly enough, um, he didn't get first star, which is well, that's a conversation for another day, but uh it's it was it was a little, little odd to see the guy who scored scored a hat trick, and the game-winning goal in overtime didn't get the first start. But that's a conversation for a different day. So uh, less than 24 hours later, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, Lehigh Valley Phantoms. First look at this Atlantic Division opponent for the year, and here's here's the kicker about facing the Phantoms at the very end of this homestand where they have struggled just so much. Guess what? The Lehigh Valley Phantoms also struggling just as much pretty much down towards the bottom of the league, hovering around the same kind of position that Laval had been in. Uh, both of these teams going into this game with just two wins on the season, and so this was a big game. Granite for both for both sides of the ice because they both are looking to to start getting into the win column more often. Um, and so this was I for me this was a bigger test you know the Toronto Marlies have been at the top of the North Division uh, for quite a bit now they've had a they've had a pretty decent season um, and so. The Phantoms were coming off of a, a loss on Friday night uh, against the Belleville Senators. They had all, you know, like the Laval Rocket, the Phantoms were coming in with a four uh, a four loss streak, uh, trying to get things uh, rejuvenated and reinvigorated for themselves as well. Um, and so for me, I, I had had this game kind of targeted for the week as this is going to be a test game for my eyes, as far as how does Laval handle uh a team that is struggling as much as they are. Uh for all intents and purposes on paper, Laval should be able to come out and have a dominant performance against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um and that didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh Kevin Poulin was in net for this game. I will say goaltending was stronger for the Laval Rocket with Poulin in net uh, as opposed to Primo. Um, but Poulan is now still searching for his first win as the starting goaltender for the season. He's 0-3-1 on the season after losing this game as well. Uh, the Phantoms were the first one to light the lamp in the first period. It was a much, I will say this, it was a much more tightly played game. It was a lot closer and um, things could have gone Laval's way if they had actually put in a 60-minute effort, and as J.F. Wool said after the game, uh, he felt that they lost the game in the first period, and and I feel that he's accurate about that because they came out, they didn't look that great. Uh, and once again, uh, for the second day in a row, this game gets forced to overtime. Uh, Laval ties it up in the third period. Anthony Richard tying it 2-2 forces overtime. It's like it's like deja vu from the night before against Toronto. They go into overtime. Things are tight in overtime, and Laval takes a penalty again in overtime. Cam York rings home a power play go- goal on the four on three advantage, and two days in a row, Laval manages to get a point by forcing overtime, but two days in a row, they lose the game because they were in the penalty box in overtime. Uh, and so now, you know, Laval now has most of this week off. They go on the road for, uh, I believe it might even be their only three in three of the season. They will play in Utica on Friday night. They will play against the same Lehigh Valley Phantoms, but in their barn on Saturday night and finish out the road trip on Sunday evening at five o'clock against the Hershey bears in Hershey. Um, so they have a week of practice. Um, and I think there's gonna be a lot to examine for j f l he did not sound happy uh in his post game on Saturday afternoon. in fact, uh you heard him even talk about how well the defense isn't the same as last year, kind of like he's lamenting, oh, I miss my experienced solid decor from last year uh but unfortunately that's you know that's a rarity in the a h l to have that kind of stable experienced um blue line squad and now no it's 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 a focus on the prospects now and teaching and learning and and unfortunately as we're seeing it's going to mean less wins but i think the the problem is is the pendulum has switched has tipped too far in in the in the wrong direction and now it's very difficult for them to find a win um and so while winning doesn't need to be the focus this year for Laval you would like to see them at least in the 500 or 600- 600 <laughs> Win, you know, area winning at least half of their games. If not, maybe up to the 60 to 65, 70% of their games. Um, As it stands right now at the moment, Laval is in last place in the North division. Uh, they are in second to last place, 14th out of 15 in the conference. And as far as the league goes, they are sitting in 29th uh, in, in the league in terms of points. When you look at now, Laval has played 11 games, which is more, I believe, than the rest of the league. They're, I'm sorry, Providence is the only other team in the entire league who has played 11 games. So just because of that disparity, if you looked at winning percentage, which thankfully we don't have to judge the standings by winning percentage anymore, but if you do look at winning percentage, that actually bumps Laval down to 30th in the league. It bumps them down one more. Um, So the only reason that they're in 29th is, is because we're not judging uh standings by just points anymore uh it's it's not been an easy road so far for laval and uh, we'd like to see uh some more balance in terms of being able to figure out how to work together to get a few more wins every once in a while you know you'd like to uh, this past week they were lucky to get two points out of the six potential points available this week, and that's just because they forced overtime twice. But they could have gone zero and six um, on on the week as far as points were concerned. Uh, it's a big test next week against Utica. Uh, Lehigh Valley tends to be strong at home, and and Hershey is one of the noisiest barns. Uh, in the league, at least in the Eastern conference. So there's a lot kind of, uh, to examine, uh, JFL did mention, uh, in fact, Joe Verbedek, uh, goaltender Joe Verbedek has been called up from trois Riviere, uh, today on Tuesday, uh, just for the opportunity to attend Laval's practice today, because today, Tuesday, November 8th, um. J.F. and his team are not running practice today. The Canadians development staff is in Laval today and they will be running practice today. It's kind of a, they're calling it kind of a quote unquote development practice. And so I find that interesting. I don't know. If this had already been planned or if as a result of how things have been going, uh, the development staff, I don't know if they then stepped in and said, give us a day uh, with, with, with all the guys. Um, but Joe Verbedek is up from Twelve riviere to take part in that and, and take advantage of that opportunity to work with the Canadians development staff Um and then they'll have another another practice on Wednesday before they take their travel day on Thursday to head to Utica. It will be uh, this this three day uh, trip that they're looking at uh, this weekend is is a big deal, um, and they're going to need to find. You would like to see them come out with four of six possible points. I mean, if they can get six out of six, that'd be great. But I think to to get some momentum. They need to win not one, but at least two of these games to to really take a step forward and have something to build off of. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait to see how that all works out. So uh, as always, be sure you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter, where we will always have live in-game updates uh, of the Laval Rockets so you can kind of keep an eye on what's going there in real, going on there during games in real time. And of course, comprehensive game recaps courtesy of myself and Chris G over at AHLReport.com after every game uh, that gives you all of the details and the ins and outs of what happened in the game. Uh, this today, of course, is just kind of a summary. So I invite you to, if you, ha- if you missed any of those recaps, to go check that out. And uh, boy... We'll see what happens. It's uh it's I I'm 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 anxiously awaiting this this weekend's road trip because it's uh three teams, two of which uh they haven't seen yet this season. Uh and it's uh it's gonna be a big test. It's gonna be a big test for the Laval Rocket, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they stand up to it. So uh it's uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors at DraftKings. Hey, they have a new incentive uh, this week. So uh, for all of you football fans out there. So I'm going to turn things over to our sponsors over at DraftKings for just a moment. But don't go anywhere during that break because on the other side, Patrick Williams will be here to join me in the studio for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. You are listening to the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. The more that you add to your same-game parlay, uh, the better the the, the higher the odds are and the bigger your payouts could be, quite honestly. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Own Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, once again, I am Amy Johnson, your host of the show. Uh, if you'd like, you can follow me on Twitter at Flyers Rule, uh, but more importantly, make sure you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter, where you'll get all of the latest updates about the Laval Rocket and Habs prospects. And if you haven't done so already, just tap that subscribe button. And if you're thinking to yourself, What's the best way? How can I help the press zone and the folks at Rocket Sports Media uh, out? Well, the best way that you can do that is just by tapping that share button and uh, share our content and this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Well, as promised in the first segment and once we got back from our commercial break from our friends over at DraftKings, you know it. We're not going to make you wait for it. It is none other than AHL hot stove time, and of course that means that we get to welcome Mr. Patrick Williams into the studio with us. Patrick, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? All right. Thanks. It's uh, it's sunny here in PA, and um, you know, it's November. It's hard to believe. Uh, as I as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's it's hard to believe that we're a month into the regular season already. Um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, each week just seems to get busier and busier, but uh, things are starting to kind of take shape. You're starting to see those early pictures of what's going on in the league, which is which is always kind of a a fun time to get into.
0: Yeah, ever so slightly, you're start. Yeah, you are starting to sort of see the the early beginnings of the season and what we may have in store three, four, or five months down the
1: road. Hmm. Always, always interesting time. But the nice thing is, is now that it's uh, the beginning of November, we have, of course, we have the AHL Player of the Week that we want to introduce to everyone, which um, I always think this is a... You know, on the press zone, we've always talked about the AHL Player of the Week, but it's great having, uh, you on the show every week to be a part of that now because, uh, you've got such great base of knowledge of teams all across the league that you can really kind of give us a better insight on these guys. This week, however, it is someone that Laval Rocket fans became very well acquainted with last week. Now, of course, I mean it's not that they're they weren't already acquainted with Logan Shaw because they've seen him in a different jersey before um but logan shaw came uh, came out with a vengeance with the toronto marlies last week uh putting up uh in two games against laval scored twice uh in a four-point night on wednesday uh to uh to help seal that win and then of course uh hat trick and the overtime game winner against laval on friday so I'm going to say it's probably safe to say that Laval Rocket fans aren't probably big fans of Logan Shaw, but we should certainly <laughs> applaud the uh, the efforts that he had last week.
0: Yeah, uh, a former Hab as well. Uh, so, you know, uh, had a bit of a brief run there mm-hmm. uh, gosh, probably five years ago now. Yep. Um, and he's kind of been touring through the American League ever since. Uh, he was with the Manitoba Moose for a bit. Um, last couple of years with the Belleville Senators as, as their captain. And then this year, this summer, a really interesting case. He signed a three-year AHL contract with the Toronto Marlies. And wow. I I can't ever recall.
1: A I was going to say, that doesn't year, happen three-year.
0: often. <laughs> it does not happen. Uh, you, usually for both sides, you know, most players don't want to be locked into an AHL deal that long. And um, certainly most NHL clubs don't want to make that kind of commitment to an AHL player. and um, You know, but uh, obviously the Leafs, have money and uh the marlies have always traditionally you know been a team that's able to attract high high price talent in this league and um i'd sorry, would say he's one of the, one of those kind of players and but uh, you know he's right now tied for the, the lead lead in scoring at 14 points in 10 games and uh wow you know, he's been everything you'd want and then some i mean you know he's always been a pretty productive player at this level obviously and he's had some certainly standout seasons but now you're you're putting him with a, kind of a rebuilt Toronto Marlies club, uh, you know that, that can run. I'd say at least a good solid top nine uh, in terms of scoring, and uh, you know he's he, they 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 win a lot of matchups, mm-hmm. you know, with the Toronto Marlies because you know just the, the depth they have up front, um, you know, really 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 ca- carries him a long way. And they go into Laval, a team that's obviously been struggling, and um, just a wee bit. Yeah. They uh, they kind of feasted uh, on the Laval Rocket back to back nights, and uh, he was obviously a huge part of that. Uh, so uh, yeah, he's well on his way. And uh, Marleys look like uh, they've had a couple off years, but they uh, they look like they're kind of back now to to their old ways, and that's bad news certainly for the rest of the North. <laughs> that's
1: right. Uh, you know we've had we've had four AHL players of the week uh, so far this regular season. Uh, two of them have been former. Laval slash Montreal Canadiens players. So it's not boating well. <laughs> it's not no. boating well for guys <laughs> no, who not. have left the organization. Yeah. Um, and it, we're going to continue that trend when we talk about the award winners for October. Starting with the goaltender of the month in the AHL for uh, the month of October, none other than OG Dustin Tukarski, uh going 4 0 one in the month of October with a one thirty eight goals against and a nine forty nine save percentage. Uh, tikarski has been with the wilkes Grant and Penguins for for a little while now, and he really uh, seems to have found a pretty good groove for himself.
0: Yeah, two-time Calder Cup winner, uh, most recently with the 2019 Charlotte Checkers. He was a uh, part of an excellent tandem there with Alex Djokovic, who's obviously now in the NHL with Detroit and you know, has kind of gone on his way to a, to a real quality career. is interesting because he's spent all of last season as 32 years old with the Buffalo Sabres, played 29 games up there
1: and mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, when they originally signed him uh, this summer in Pittsburgh, I thought he might have a shot yeah you know, to make a run for that job there in Pittsburgh uh, that that obviously never panned out with you know with subsequent moves but um he's uh he at this level he's a dominant dominant veteran um yeah and um obviously a winner he's somebody who's played high pressure games going all the way back to World Junior um going back to when he was with the Habs playing in the Eastern Conference final uh, so uh, a guy who's not faced by much obviously no and at this stage of his career, certainly, uh, you know, if, if you bring him in as as, as your goaltender, you're you're, you're going to be pretty solid in that. Uh, he's really, he, he kind of hit a dip a little bit in the middle of his career there, mm-hmm. you know, after he, he came in as a, as a, you know, real big prospect and has some early success, kind of went a little sideways on him for a bit, uh, but the last three to four years, um, he's really kind of rebounded and, and had a really nice kind of second half of his career here and you know, he's, he's been a huge part, obviously, for wilkes grand, A team that, you know, is is solid, but uh, certainly I would not have thought that they would have gotten off to the start that they did. So, obviously, he's been a, a massive part of that uh, hot start that they've had. They've, they've cooled off a little bit now, but um, uh, definitely a team um, where, you know, it's... When you have a team where there's definitely some gaps on the roster, when you can bring in a, a top-flight veteran like that, I mean, you really do make it a lot easier on yourselves, you mm-hmm. know, at the American league level, um, you know, a guy like him almost is an eraser, he can kind of come in and, you know, the young mistakes that the, you know, that you'll see from any AHL team, they don't end up being catastrophic. You know, they don't end up being goals or losses. Um, you know, he can kind of uh, really keep the confidence of the level, the confidence level high for those young players that, you know, every time they make a mistake, it's not going to, to burn them. So, that's where the veterans like that really i think earn their keep mm-hmm. uh, since that's you know th- they provide a real buffer for 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 the you know, young prospects to not have to kind of you know live and die with every mistake that they make they, they can play a little bit more loosely and, and feel confident that uh you know if they do make a mistake it's not going to you know end up you know in their net and get them benched and you know everything that goes with that so yeah excellent excellent veteran um Really, really has found his way, I think, you know, in this side of 30 uh, to, to really kind of find his niche and be somebody that, that uh, you know, maybe signs one year to the next with a different club. But, uh, you know, there's always a team out there that needs a, a reliable veteran goalie that uh, you can bring up to the NHL in a pinch and uh, he certainly fits that bill
1: well we will will finally stop the the former montreal Canadiens players uh with our ne- <laughs> with our next guy that we're going to uh to discuss but it doesn't mean that he didn't uh have some relevance against laval uh last month uh, that is the AHL rookie of the month, uh, Bridgeport Islanders own, uh, Ruslan Iskahov, uh, who of course put up a two point night when Laval played them, uh, towards the end of October, but he's actually gone on, uh, throughout the month of October in his seven games played with four goals and seven and a assi- and seven assists. So an 11 point month for the rookie, uh, certainly, uh, deserves a, a closer look, I would think.
0: Yeah, certainly, um he's actually tied with Logan Shaw, uh, among others for that lead lead in scoring, uh, he's been excellent. Uh, you know, came in his second round pick, so Obviously there was some hope for, for him played at the university of Connecticut for two years and then kind of made a, you know, interesting transition. Went over to Europe, um, for two seasons, started in Finland, played last year in Germany. So two high quality European leagues came over here as a 22 year old. Um, and I think a little bit more of a polished player, um, and he's fit in uh, wonderfully. Um, you know, you, you speak to Brent Thompson, the head coach of Bridgeport, raves about him. He really liked to his you know his mentality, his work work ethic. Um, he's a little bit on the small side, so that's going to be you know something that he has to um, you know certainly you know work on and get a little bit stronger. But uh, certainly uh, the skill is apparent right off the bat. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you you can definitely, especially at this level you can get by with a little bit, you know, less in the way of strength than that because, you know, the skill can kind of take over. And, um, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. And, uh, you know, coming into the season, you know that, you know, obviously there was some potential there and um, having some good experience certainly, you know, boded well for him. But I'm not sure I, I expected him to get off to this kind of start uh, that he has. And uh, he's been excellent, really great right from day one.
1: Very encouraging. One of the reasons that we enjoy hearing about the rookie of the month is because these are guys who more likely than not, we may hear uh, on NHL rosters at some point down the road. So uh, very interesting, particularly with a high draft pick like this, uh, to to see that he's gotten off to such a good start. So that brings us to the AHL player of the month for the month of October. And I can happily say this guy has nothing to do with Laval or Montreal (laughs) he just he 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 so Laval fans he did it's not someone coming back to bite you it's not someone who has uh who has made it uh, made anything against the Laval rocket this year uh and that's simply because he's on the west coast uh Coachella Valley's own Jasper uh Jesper Froden uh putting up in six point uh six games played this month uh five goals and six assists so another 11 pointer but in one less game uh can you tell us a little bit about uh mr froden out there for coachella valley winning player of the month
0: yeah coachella valley is about as far from laval safe to say they're not going to see each other other than a Calder cup final that's right at some point but uh um he was in providence last year had a really good season there um there's a lot of, if you look really through the Seattle um, whole operation there, uh, a lot of different ties to the Boston slash Providence Bruins. I think a lot of that comes down to Jay Leach, the former head coach of the Providence Bruins, now Seattle Kraken uh, assistant coach. And uh, so they're familiar with Froden. Um, There's a lot of kind of Bruins uh, connection there and um, a little bit older player. Uh, He's uh, 28. So, 28 years old and from the Swedish system, so uh, obviously those players are very, uh, very polished, very kind of finished players. And um, you know, he's somebody that uh, had some had an interesting career in the sense that you know he didn't necessarily play at the highest level in Sweden. You know, really until the latter, you know, part of his you know the second half of his 20s, uh, he was kind of in the second division for for a long time and mm-hmm. came up in uh, I guess it was about three years ago. To Shaleftia and um, had a really good breakout season there, and um, certainly piqued the interest of the Bruins, who've uh, they've always been strong signing some some of those free agents, European type players. That uh, you know, obviously, I think I think the Bruins draft issues throughout the years have been well documented. Uh, so they have tried to fill in some gaps uh, through free agent signings in that in that way. Uh, um, didn't didn't pan out in Boston, uh, so we went to Seattle um uh, certainly I think a, a team that most players who sign there think that there's a better chance to to crack that lineup um and he's certainly making a good case for him. and Coachella valley's had an interesting start in a the sense uh, they're on the road for the better part of t- the first two months of the season while they uh, await construction of their their building down in Palm Springs so uh, they've been based in Seattle but the they're on the road uh, they have a 16game road trip now that they're um, that's now underway for them. So, uh, you know, it's it's certainly a test for those players and, um, he's, uh, I think, certainly done everything you could ask him to do early on to, uh, get the attention, I think of the Seattle management there. And I think, especially with Seattle, you know, you know, they're obviously only a second year team. I think he'll, he'll certainly get a shot at some point to, to, uh, get, get an opportunity with the big team.
1: Well, looking around the, the league in general, um, it's uh, looking at the standings, you know, as you said, Coachella Valley starting on the road for the for the most part of things, but they're sitting at fourth in the, in the Pacific Division. The Ontario Reign uh, and the Tucson Roadrunners, believe it or not, are, are the two that are kind of carrying things for the Pacific Division while while the Gulls and the Silver Knights uh, kind of bringing up the rear. And. Um, in in general if we want to look at the the north division we talked about how laval is in the basement in the north division pretty far away from those toronto marlies who as you as you mentioned earlier in the segment are have kind of returned to their form of old um basically kind of who's hot and who's not right now uh as far as the standings go if we just take a quick glance at things uh who's who's really kind of leading the way a month into the regular season and who who's really struggling
0: well, the Marleys are really starting to pull away in that division. I mean, you know, for being as early as it is, I mean, you know, yeah, you the Rochester Americans are in second, but uh, between first and third is already a six-point gap, and between last place Laval Rocket and the Marleys is a nine-point gap. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is you know for this this early in the season is that's a considerable gap to already have, especially since the Rocket gave up a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so. We, certainly uh, for a lot of reasons the rocket definitely need to start to make up some ground here um, elsewhere I think in the 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 Eastern Conference uh, Providence has been excellent really from day one and yeah it's interesting that this weekend uh, you know so Keith Kincaid was up with the Bruins but the Boston Bruins I should say um, then uh, Kyle Teaser uh, got injured on Saturday night or yeah it was Saturday night. So they brought in Brandon Bussey, you know, mid-game there in Springfield. Uh, He was excellent. Uh, He came back the following afternoon against Bridgeport um, and uh, shut them out 1-0. That was kind of a battle for first place in the division. Mm -hmm. Um, So he stopped 49 of 51 shots from the weekend. Uh, A guy that a week ago was in the ECHL. So uh, that's just, I think, you can never have enough depth uh, in that goes all the way down to the ECHL because, um, you, you, you know, in this league, especially you're, you're going to have injuries and you're certainly going to have call-ups. And so if you can really tap into a, a good, strong base with the, with the ECHL really comes in handy at, at times like this. So, um, they've, they've been really kind of, I, I think the best team in the league start to, you know, not finish, but uh, at least for the first month of the season, And then you go out west, and uh, Milwaukee's been fantastic. Uh, They're on a 16-winning streak as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Right now you have Toronto and Milwaukee are on 16 streets. You have Providence on on a six-game point streak. So um, you're really starting to see some of the the cream of the crop uh, show themselves uh, early on here. Uh, Milwaukee, typical Milwaukee Admirals, uh, well-structured top to bottom. Uh, Yaroslav, uh, Asterov, uh, you know, 11th overall pick two years ago by Nashville. Uh, he's come in real stepped in real nicely. They went out to San Diego this weekend, swept that series. Uh, granted San Diego is struggling, but, uh, Milwaukee is just a team that's well-coached, uh, you know, well-organized. Um, they, they, they look like a team right now in early November. They look like more a team you would see in January or February. Wow. The, they're that far along, I think, in kind of, uh, their progression and getting, getting that structure in place, which, you know, as you well know, in this league is, is half the battle.
1: <laughs> it um, is
0: just, you know, coaches spend the better part of the first third of the season, just trying to, you know, nail down those, um, principles and concepts and, and get that in, in line. And, uh, the sooner you can do it, obviously the better. And then go out West, you know, up at the Ontario rain. Uh, they just got Quentin Byfield, second overall pick two years ago, uh, back from the LA Kings. Um, Deep, deep base of prospects. I think the LA Kings' uh, success with that's well known as well, and um, they're winning. You know, so they're winning and developing, which I mean, that's that's kind of the holy grail uh, in the American Hockey League. If you can manage to do both, uh, mm-hmm. you're really doing well. Marco Sturm, first year coach, first year, first year ever in the HL as well. Uh, you know, for as long as he played professionally in the NHL, he never actually was in the in the AHL. Uh, he'd been. Coaching internationally for a bit, uh, as, long, as well as being an assistant with the LA Kings, and now he's kind of getting his chance to run his own team and doing pretty darn well. Uh, so um, I think Tucson's a, another a little bit of a surprise as well. Some familiar names there for Laval fans, JSD, uh,
1: Laurent fan. fan. Um, <laughs> um,
0: they've they've been obviously off to a good start. Uh, a little surprised to see Tucson that that strong that early, but uh, um, they do have a pretty. Decent veteran base there, so I think uh, uh, they'll be a team to keep an eye on just to sort of see if they can keep it up, but uh, early on, so far, so good. And then, you know, there are some disappointments as well. Uh, Syracuse off to a real slow start. Uh, they managed to get a shutout this weekend down in Charlotte, but uh, um, they've had their struggles uh, for sure. Defending cup champs, Chicago Wolves. Now, granted, they turned over a lot of their roster they did. this summer, uh, but they're, they're at the bottom of the Central Division, so uh, there's – there is definitely at this point, uh, you're starting to see a little bit of separation as we talked about, you know, kind of who's for real and maybe who's not, then, you know, early on first, I guess we're, we're going out into week four of the season.
1: Well, not only is it, uh, have we gotten through the first month uh, of, of the season, that means that it is November now, which also is synonymous with Hockey Fikes Cancer Month, uh, and once again, the AHL uh, has partnered with the NHL and the NHLPA uh, for the Hockey Fights Cancer initiative. we always love to see that. In fact, we even saw this past weekend. Uh, Saturday was Laval Rocket's uh, Hockey Fights Cancer game, so they were out there in, of course, their lavender lavender jerseys. You know what's from your perspective why is why is it so important for the ahl to to partner with the nhl in an initiative like this and kind of do things in a in a joint manner
0: because i think the hockey fights initiative is such a well-known one Mm -hmm. at this point i know the ahl was really eager to to partner with the nhl on that and, and get involved and you know kind of you know combine forces um you know streamline a lot of the uh the work that has to be done i mean obviously i think with anything that you do with a charity um the more you can um kind of consolidate things and you know make it more efficient uh, that means that much more money can go to the actual cause right so mm-hmm. uh, i think that was a that was a that was a big victory for the HL a couple of years ago when they they made that happen and um players obviously they get real behind it uh you know a lot of them obviously have had some connection one way or the other to cancer even though they're you know generally you know obviously younger players but um you, you know probably pretty much anywhere you go i think anyone has at least either a direct or indirect connection, to someone who has cancer so um so i think they're they're you know they really you know really i think it hits home with them a lot more uh, yeah. than maybe some other initiatives and uh you know the, the teams go they go kind of all in with this, you know, like you mentioned, the lavender jerseys, um, they, you know, there's the, uh, the little placards that the fans receive going into the building where they can write the name of who they fight for, uh, you know, uh, uh, stick tape. I know is, is one.
1: very, uh, so, Yep. Yeah, very, very visible.
0: Yeah. So there, you know, a lot of different uh, little ways to draw attention to it. I know that, uh, you know, a lot of teams really, it's a big initiative each season for the front office to to kind of really to go all out and 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 do it upright and um you know really make it kind of a special event so um you know it's it's a it's a big part of the league a big part of their charity initiative um and it's always great to see
1: it is um you know uh, donations raised during the month of course go to the american cancer society and the canadian cancer society lodges uh in the us and canada so very good cause. And I should mention, uh, you know, it's it's Hockey Fights Cancer Month, but here at Rocket Sports, uh, this is our ninth year uh taking part in the Movember uh, initiative raising awareness for men's health, not only uh, men's cancer health like prostate ha- prostate cancer and so forth, but also uh, mental health awareness and so forth for for men's health and men's initiatives. Uh, we are we're so proud here at Rocket Sports to be doing this for the ninth year uh, with with the fine folks at Movember, um, and we actually uh, once again have a fundraising page uh, for all Habs hockey magazine and rocket sports. Um, and you can see a bunch of, of our team members are also individually fundraising on that page as well, whether they're growing their mustaches, whether they're doing, i obviously nobody wants to see me grow a mustache. So I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing what is called the move challenge, which is a challenge for me to walk 60 kilometers, uh, during the month of November representing the 60 men we lose, um, every day to men's health issues. Um, And so if you would like to either make a donation to uh, the Rocket Sports All Habs Hockey Magazine uh, Movember page, uh, or you could even join our team if you would like to do uh, the fundraising and and put it towards uh, our totals as well, the best way for you to do that is to head over to Movember. That's Movember with an M, like month not november it's movember.com slash t slash all habs i will say that one more time it's movember.com slash t slash all habs and you will find uh, you can make a donation uh, even if it's just a dollar, every, every dollar counts, uh, we're already well on our way to our tar- target number. Uh, and, and there's even a place for you to join the team if you would like to do that. And, uh, Patrick, it's just, uh, it's really great to see hockey folks, whether it's teams, whether it's the leagues or even, uh, all of us here at RSM, just everyone pulling together to help raise awareness for these, these really important, uh, health initiatives.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, and on your part, I mean, that's, that's a significant commitment, um, <laughs> In that, uh, in that amount of walking in one month. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> make sure you have good shoes and um, it's a great it's a great cause all around, uh, you know, whatever way you're able to support it. So um, yeah, it's it's really good to see and it, it's always neat how people really seem to not just, you know, it's not just a matter of writing a check or something. It seems like people really kind of get behind it in spirit and, mm-hmm. and really have some fun with it as
1: well hockey communities are the best communities they really are um all right well we can't thank you enough it's always been fun uh this the segment always just flies by um but so much information today we really appreciate uh all of your insight um and uh i should uh mention to everyone while we're talking about hockey communities being wonderful communities, should also mention uh, before we join each other again next Tuesday, uh, we will have Remembrance Day coming up on Friday. So please take a moment on that day and this week to to remember those who have given their lives. Uh, for those of you listeners who are stateside, it, it is also Veterans Day on Friday, which of course is your opportunity to thank Uh, a veteran of the armed services for their service. Um, It's just kind of all happening all at once right here in, in this week in November. And uh, it's a, it's just a good time for the hockey community to pull together as they always do. Um, Patrick, thank you so much for being here with us again today. I, I bet F's particularly after Laval's three and three this weekend, which is the first one they've had to do for a few years, thanks to the pandemic. I'm going to bet that we're going to have some interesting things to talk about when you're back with us next week
0: um yeah either <laughs> they start to dig out or they <laughs> fall further behind either way yeah this is, this is a pivotal weekend for sure
1: it definitely is so good bad or ugly we're going to talk about <laughs> it next week with patrick thanks so much for joining us patrick thank you as always we want to thank patrick williams for uh joining us here on the show each and every week this year not every other week like we did last year, but every week uh, here for the AHL Hot Stove coming with a wealth of knowledge about the American Hockey League uh, and some great insight on its players and the Laval Rocket. And you can bet that Patrick will be back with us again next week on the show. Uh, and that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us today here at the Press Zone. Remember to visit and bookmark AHLReport.com. Uh, keep an eye out for those game recaps coming for uh, those three games on the road for Laval this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Fun. also hey if you would love to hear our can our, our montreal canadians centered podcast if you haven't subscribed to that already uh, that's hosted by rick stevens our editor-in-chief and founder here at rocket sports as well as michael spinella and you can find that at canadiansconnection.fm it's the canadians connection podcast it comes out every saturday you absolutely want to be subscribed to that and hey Do you know that we have a YouTube channel and, uh, hey, I happen to host a weekly show about the Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket right there. It's called Habs Hockey Report, and you can find that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, We've uh, we've welcomed so many new subscribers to that channel uh, over the past few months, and we'd love for you to be one as well. Uh, Take care, everyone. It's November. We're getting uh, we're getting into the the heart of the season now a little bit now that we've got a month under our belts. And it's going to be exciting to see what happens uh, over the course of the few weeks ahead. So take care. Enjoy the hockey this weekend. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe and meet me back here again next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.